okay, okay, okay. So a couple of days ago, the Canucks signed Pius Suter, the real third line center for your Vancouver Canucks. But who's he going to play with? What is the sexiest third line the Canucks can ice? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for tuning into Locked on Canucks. It's your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, on today's show, we had the emergency episode on, on Friday. Kyle gave me a shout when I was on the way to get drunk at the Canadians game. Um, but we talked about Pius Suter for about eight minutes, but today we got the full episode. Okay. So we're going to talk about Pius Suter and who is he going to play with in the Canucks lineup? What is the sexiest third line possible? Or as the kids might say, the most fire third line possible. Also want to dive into the Canucks cap situation. Okay. You know, they keep spending money, even though they're over the cap, what are they doing? How are they going to get out of it? What is it going to look like on opening like night for the Canucks to get cap compliant? But first and foremost, Someone who's always always keeping an eye on the budget, okay? Kyle Bowen. How you doing, brother? Oh man, keeping an eye on the budget. Speaking of which, speaking of which, okay, drinking instant coffee today. There you go, man. So do the math. I don't know how you knew that, man. Keeping an eye on the budget and drinking instant coffee, okay? Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, your team every day. Your Canucks every day. Okay. I keep screwing that up. It's your Canucks every day, okay? And maybe we'll get in trouble for that. Maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Okay. Come on. It's the people. It's the people. Who are watching the show that matter? We'll talk about those people also at the end of the show because Comet Corner is a thing. Now, I do want to bring up a comment right now, okay? I'll take five seconds on it. Welcome to Comet Corner, powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from a guy on a beach named Jerry. Dear Lockdown Canucks, there's something terribly wrong with the audio of this program. I'm not sure if it's a recording quality thing or Kyle's voice. I got to say this, Trevor. I got to do it for the people, okay? All the viewers, all the listeners, uh, we're about to start. Training camp It's about to start. I'm getting into the best shape of my life because I want the Canucks to do the same. And now a lot of people, you know, criticizing the voice. And I think I think I got to start smoking cigarettes, man. I'm, I, I bought my first pack of Belmonts today, all right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be smoking a pack a day until October, and maybe the voice will change, okay? Your team every day, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. Your third line, Trevor, those Canucks. Pius, am I saying that right? Pius, okay? Pius? Pius, okay? Pius Suter. <laughs> it's going to take some time, okay? Who are his line mates? I'm curious. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I got to say, Kyle, you're trying to get in the best shape of your life. Don't be smoking a pack. And hey, Belmont's are like 20 I, bucks a pack. Dude, I got to do it for the people. too much money. I got to do it for the people. Trevor, man, remember, man, fan first program, okay? It's not about me. It's about them. So I'm smoking Belmont starting today. Can you just talk about the All third right. line? It's not a, it's not a us show. It's a Canuck show, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to look out for my buddy's well-being. But uh, yeah, Pius Suter, okay. The Canucks signed him again. A two-year deal worth $1.6 million per season. And yeah, I think the big question now is who's he going to play with? So for me, I'm going to basically start with the third line that I had laid out back in the second week of July when we did an episode of Lockdown Canucks. And obviously, he's got Pius Suter in place of Teddy Bluger. So for me, that was uh, the Canucks 
ideal sexiest third line was Ilya Mikhaev, now Pia Suter, and Connor Garland. And the reason I like Mikhaev and, Gar- and Garland on uh, that third line is it it allows Besser to play on that top line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. It allows that second line to have a combination of you know Hoaglander, Beauvillier, maybe even Pod Colson, maybe Hoaglander, Pod Colson could blow the doors off at training camp. But allow the veterans like Mikhaev and Garland, who have both been really good and defensively responsible, even strength, but also have they both have ability to create some offense, have them in a third line role where they can take on tough matchups, but have enough skill alongside Pew Studer to create some offense as well. And again, I think Pew Studer is really just uh, a better version of Teddy Bluger, right? A couple of years younger, better at creating some offense. You know, people uh, in, in this market might not know, but Pew Suter spent his first NHL season centering a line with Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit, and that line tore it up for the Blackhawks at even strength. So, um, obviously, the last couple of seasons, more of a defensive role, but Pew Suter shown some versatility. I would say, you know, not to deviate from uh, from what I had in July, my, my best third line would be Mikhaev, Garland, and Pew Suter. Wow, man. So, before we started recording, Trevor Bags. You know, he asked me the question, man, like, who, who's on your third line, you know, doing some pre-production. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to shock you with my my trio. So I'm going to save it for the show. OK, let's save it for the show. And it happens to be the exact same line you just said. And, 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 and I'm and in your me, head, you're, baby. You're, you're in my head. You're in my head. All right. For real. It is what it is. OK, it is what it is. Maybe it's tele- telepathy, too. Who knows? But it's mostly that thing that you've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, yeah. I think I want to see Bastard play with Pedersen and Kuzmanko, and it's kind of just making other things more fun when you're trying to put the p- puzzle pieces together, right? Um, I'm pretty much cemented in that. That's what I want to see as the top line. So, again, it opens up the doors, and I think I think I just like the sound of that line. I feel as if there's a, there's a role for them to play, and I feel as if they're going to be able to – I'm getting ahead of myself, but master whatever they got to do. Mikheyev. Pius, Pius, Suter, and Connor Garland. It just sounds like that would work. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you would see, you would see them battle. You see them compete. They could play against a lot of players, and I feel as if their style of play could complement each other for more than a lot of offense for a third line. For real, I like it. Yeah, and there's speed and skill there, right? And I think you know Makayev again if. I think Makaev is a wild card in general for the Canucks this season just because of his health, right? I mean, we were told in July that he he sh- was scheduled to start skating in August. Uh, I can't confirm if he's actually skating or not, but he's a wild card at training camp, right? You expect him to be healthy, but who knows? But if he's healthy, if he's got his speed back, if he's ready to go, uh, again, I'd probably prefer him in more of a third-line role instead of just like being this digger and grinder in your top six. Like, he can do it. But that's not where I want to see Ilya Mikhaev personally. I would rather see Besser. I'd rather see Hooglander. Even a guy like Beauvillier probably get chances in the top six ahead of Ilya Mikhaev. I just, you know, I think there's enough winger depth to spread out the goods on this team um, without with still having Mikhaev in your bottom six. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And you bring up Beauvillier. You know, I think Canuck fans are getting super excited and it's great. It's beautiful. And next year matters. And uh, let's win as many games as possible, right? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we got to keep in mind that we're still taking steps and developing Anthony Beauvillier's value on the market. <sighs> Again, the Stanley Cup is the goal, but I feel as if that should be like some 
some sort of goal as well because yeah. asset management matters and it's it's going to be a process and the Canucks are not like this city is not in the market to be only taking like one year runs like we have to be good for a long time let's get back to contending and giving ourselves a chance every year that's another way to make it to the cup right we have to get to that step and I think they got to play all their cards so again developing Beauvillier giving him giving him some time with offensive talent like Miller or Pedersen is is cool it's important now we'll say this we just saw Kuzmenko you know I think he uh he might have put up the photo or somebody I'm just on Canucks Twitter it's and it's him fishing and Mikheyev is on the trip with him and they're holding a big fish together. I'm just saying, do you think Pedersen leaked that photo? You get what I'm trying to say? Maybe they already got the group chat going because that line, when put together, and we're really ignoring this. We are. We are ignoring it, okay? They were, they were borderline really good yeah, last good. year when they, were, they were good. when they were together. Yeah, uh, and they were good for sure. I also would just probably rather see the Canucks a little bit top line with some offensive talent. I mean, hey, Pedersen just posted a photo with Hooklander. You think maybe Kuzmenko is trying to get Mikhaev up there? Pedersen's trying to get his buddy Hooklander back up there, you know? Well, dude, maybe I got to talk uh, about Pedersen that. Kuzmenko, I... they're having their own little chat to figure it out. Well, okay, well, let's segue into there, you know? And uh, I think we're going to do a third episode on this because I can feel it. And it's going to make not just more sense, but... <sighs> I, I don't know the, the exact wordage I'm trying to use here, but the battle between... Pot Colson and Hoaglander is a really interesting and actually real. There's only room yeah. for one of those players. That's that, what that's what it feels like. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Like how? I okay. So if both make it, one's playing a lot of time on the fourth line. Can that one player really do well on the fourth line and keep his? keep his role in front of a guy like Neil Zaman or something. You know what I'm trying to say? So, so, so hit me with it, you know, hit me with it. Like how did those two play prominent roles and, and both make the Canucks? Cause it's feeling tough, man. It, it's feeling tough, but I think, you know, there's, there's, there are guys to beat out. Right. And I think, you know, first and foremost, Phil DiGiuseppe is, is probably a guy to beat out. You know what I mean? Like there is a Canucks lineup with Hoogliner and Pod Coles and both there. But they both have to be better than Phil DiGiuseppe. And, like, you could even maybe throw, like, Bluger or Dakota Joshua into the conversation as well. Whoa. Um, and, and I'll get into this a bit in the, se- in the second Whoa. segment, just trying to figure out the Canucks cap conundrum. But let's let's see. Let's Again, jobs shouldn't be guaranteed just based on cap hits, right? And Joshua had a good season last year. He's got to come up to come into camp and make sure he's ready to go, you know? Bluger was a healthy scratch for a large chunk of last year, even though he he won a Stanley Cup. Like he's got to come ready to go too. So I like it. I like it, Begsy. Accountability, but- you know, it's on the players. It's on the players, and I just love the energy because you're right, man. Because a guy like Joshua played on the Vancouver Canucks, did well, did well above his value, but you still played on one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, and I, I think when I did my Canucks lineup back in July. You know, a lot of guys were, I, I kind of spread them out, right? Like, I try not to have Garland, Hoaglander, and Bavillier all in the same line. Spread out the size, spread out the wealth. Um, so, I, I mean, most likely, you know, unless the, unless both Hoaglander buckles and blow the doors off in training camp, which I'm not ruling out, I hope it happens. Um, yeah, there's a good chance that one of them is kind of buried on a fourth line. And, you know, of those two players, it makes a lot more sense for uh, Pockholes to be on a fourth line based on his skill set than Hoaglander. I think you put Hoaglander there and you're, you're almost dooming him in a way, right? So, 
Uh, it's a fascinating conversation. I know we deviated a bit from the third line. I, I actually, funny enough, I did have in my notes uh, other fourth lines and maybe a Hoaglander, Pod Coles, and uh, P.S. Suter for uh, uh, third line. Oh, third um, line. But again, I, I just don't like Hoaglander in that, you know, kind of defense first role. That's, that's part of the issue there. Yeah. And, I mean, for me, it just kind of kind of seems like we're going down that path of of seeing Hoaglander stay up and Pod Colson develop still and, you know, making the most of his two-way deal, for real. Anyways, Locked on Canucks, your team every day, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. We'll talk more about the cap situation after the break. Beggsy, man, we'll also talk about Saturday too, man. Beggsy and I went on an, we went on an adventure. An adventure. We went to a heavy metal concert as well. Okay. More on that in a couple of minutes. Uh, Begsy, who, who do we have to uh, shout out? Okay. Oh, buddy. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this ad read. And you know why? Because football season is about to kick off, baby. Woo. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So that means if Kyle picks his beloved Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl on FanDuel, he'll probably get five free bonus bets. Through. Congratulations to Kyle. Um, if I bet on my Seahawks to win, I'm probably getting at least uh, to 10 times we get bonus bets throughout the season because, you know, Seahawks, uh, I, I think they could double the Packers and wins. Let's let's hope that's the case. Let's go. Okay. And when you get those bonus, bet, bonus bets, you could use it on spreads, player prop, props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. By the way, before we get back to the show, I got to remind you again that every episode of Locked on Canucks will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcatcher at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Again, every episode of Locked on Canucks at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. We back. Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. A lot going on. Hockey just around the corner, just like football is around the corner. And it's happening, you know. And I, I never thought it would happen. Never thought it would happen. But right now, I am more in love with the Vancouver Canucks than I am the Green Bay Packers. And you got to call it divine timing, destiny, or this book is already written. But what are the chances that that happens? right after Aaron Rodgers leaves. It just, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the Packers or hating on love. I'm just saying that window of contention that the Packers were in every year when they had Aaron Rodgers, you know, hope before the season only went towards the Super Bowl. That's not there anymore. And now I have, I don't know, just more room, I guess, to be patient with the Packers and maybe be equally as patient with this new run the Canucks have to start going on right now. It has to start now. And the feeling around town, based on the hours and hours I've listened to Canucks content over the last couple of months, and especially over the last couple of days, I think we're climbing towards being more confident with some of these button pushers. And I know the bar was <laughs> like low, low, really low, really, really low. Again, we had the worst GM in sports calling this place home for years and years and years. The bar was low, but again, it's nice being 
just a little bit more calm around moves. And this suitor trade, uh, suitor signing, I'm sorry, it just made a lot of sense. And they were able to not, once again, overpay, which was so rare back in the day. All in all, more confidence. Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen, locked on Canucks. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for October. Yeah, you know what, Kyle? I'm excited for October, too. But I also don't want to rush through August. Okay, summertime is a nice time of year. You and I, obviously, we had a grand old time on Saturday. Uh, maybe we'll touch on that uh, a little later on here. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, like you said, Pius Suter, that two-year, $1.6 million deal. It's a great deal for the Canucks. I mean, a lot of models at the sky around $3 million. So for the Canucks giving it a bargain was a great piece of business. And I know we already talked about it on Friday. But going forward, I think the big question is, what's going to happen with the Canucks cap situation? Because they are almost $5 million uh, over the cap right now. Um, and really there's, there's two ways again, as a reminder for LTIR, how it can work. The, the best case scenarios do what the Canucks did last season, where you basically get as close to the cap as possible with your LTIR candidates on the roster. So basically in this scenario, it would be the Canucks getting as close to 83.5 million with Pullman and Pearson on the active roster. Now I was playing around a bit on cap friendly and I couldn't get to that number even with like burying Myers and like burying Pearson in the minors before LTIR moves, they're still over the cap with, with a minimum of 20 players on the roster. So that's makes me think that it's going to be door number two, which is basically the, the Canucks can exceed LTIR based on, they basically want to get as high uh, as, as over the cap as much as possible uh, with Pearson and Pullman on the roster. So basically in, in the example I drew up here, they get like right up to almost right up to five million, um, and again, Pullman and Pearson have five point seven five million dollar combined cap it, so they can basically exceed LTIR by five million next season. So, uh, I know it's a bit a bit convoluted, convoluted, a bit confusing, and it basically means that because cap space accrues daily, Cox could be in uh, cap trouble kind of later in the season. So, uh, and obviously, door number three is they make a trade before the season starts as well. Okay. And it's probably oh not moving God. like a Jack Rathbone or something like that. It's probably moving a player of significance off the roster, which, again, we've talked about that for a while, and it hasn't happened yet. So uh, oh, I'm not man. sure what that move might look like, but that's that's clearly an option for this team too. Trevor, what did you even say? Like, what was, what was happening 40 seconds ago? I have no <laughs> idea. But I think I understand what you're saying. Now, you just said something about how the Canucks need to maybe use door number three and trade a contract off their books, someone that's on their roster. I think a lot of us have looked at Tyler Myers as that dude, right? Seems like they don't even want this guy, possibly, right? He's not that good. Maybe they can, because if they trade Garland, they're not a better hockey team. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's going to be, yeah. unless Hoaglander can exceed, you get what I'm saying? Like, There's just a better chance of them not being a better hockey team. If they let go of Myers, they're the same hockey team, if not better. If not better. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's a, a real a real a real thing. That being said, we talked about this five minutes ago. The Canucks need to take steps. They don't need to take leaps this year. So we we've done the whole trying to rush things every year. And we've done a lot this offseason. I guess what I'm trying to say is I still don't want to see the Canucks pair up Myers and that cap hit with a second round pick just to make the most out of this year. That second round pick, that third round pick, it's it means a lot to the future of this organization, right? And continuing to contend. They need to hit on draft picks, have draft picks to do so, and have those guys play for no, really like less than a million dollars when this team is going to compete for the Cup. They got to play that card. And I'm just tired of that being one of their biggest ways of 
managing the cap space year in and year out, giving away draft picks to get rid of contracts. They don't got to do that this year. I, I yeah, I think yeah. Anyways, uh, I'll let I'll let you carry on because my mind's all over the place, but it, it gets me emotional talking about those things because even though I'm confident in the Canucks and uh, the management group seems to be a little bit more wiser. That card that you know you alluded to, then I just kind of connected those dots. It just makes me scared. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be mad. Don't want to see that happening. I'm. I mean, we saw it happen last uh, last September, October, right when they traded Dickinson in a second, right? So it's that, there's it's recent happened. history of that happening. So look at you, man. Though you're, you're you know locked on Canucks, Trevor Bays, Kyle Bow. We've been doing this what for five months now, and you are back into it, man. You're about to cry talking about trading a second and a third round pick. Kyle Bowen, he's back, baby. He got through the 96 hours of YouTube videos. I'm I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Dude, it would hurt, man. Because I'm hungry for hope. Like, hope is dope. Again, where's, where's the damn dope. t-shirt? Hope is dope. It's, some, it's somewhere here. And all I got to say, again, though, is we still got to be patient. We still got to be patient. That's how you get to the ultimate step as well. And the Canucks are really at the start of this climb back towards relevancy and contending every year. Hey, speaking of relevancy, Begsy, man, the friendship, man. The friendship, it went from level 99 to level 101 over the weekend, for real. <laughs> we ate our vegetables. We went for a walk. Trevor took me on this journey, and it was we were just walking along the beach. Like I'm walking on seaweed. I'm walking on, <laughs> on seaweed. A Hindu walking on seaweed. That's what I'm doing. Just marching. <laughs> Uh, on the coast of Vancouver, and that time where we uh, we walked we walked past the happiest individuals in the world it was about four people, and it was in this remote location, and these people were just blaring heavy metal rock. Yet it's they gave off the energy like they were listening to Bob Marley. It was unreal. Yeah. I don't know if it was there the was vegetables hitting or if that happened. Right? Did that not happen? Yeah, I think that, that was happened. they. They were they were easily the friendliest people we saw on our walk too. Right? Like, not that we met a bunch of uh, prisses or anything, but you know, they're blasting their death metal. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's your day going? Like, they were they were great people, man. They were great people. And me and that guy had matching glasses too. It was a magical moment. Oh man, maybe okay, Trevor. I'm saying this. Maybe that didn't happen, but you just saw your future self, and I was connected with you, and I saw your future self too. Maybe that's that's the thing because I could yeah. definitely see you live that type of life amen if you're listening to this right now hang out with your friends summer is coming to an end hang out with your friends okay don't take life so seriously uh, take a shift off work you know just just be there and be there now how about trevor bags yeah uh, any any other maneuvers with this cap space situation because that seems to be the only two options it's like it's like Make sure you get those two in LTIR. We're going to play that card. Maybe Pearson's not healthy or trade Myers. Anything else? Well, I, I still think trading like Beauvillier could be an Whoa. option too. Or, Whoa, really? Uh, really? Maybe, potentially. Yeah, potentially. I wouldn't rule it out. Me too. And you know um, why? Let's say, let's say, Ho let's say Hoaglander does have a great camp and Pot Colson has a great camp. Mm -hmm. That makes trading Beauvillier a lot easier. Exactly. And obviously, like, you know, this uh, Pearson's health and the $3.25 million cap hit, like, it plays a factor, right? Either way, whether it goes in LTIR or whether the Canucks got to fit on the roster, that, that's certainly a, a factor to, to watch in the coming weeks here, too. Facts, man. Facts. A lot, of, a lot of hockey talk, a lot of cap talk. And after the break, 
I'm going to let you know about the answer Trevor gave me when I, I asked him the question, are the Canucks making the playoffs next, uh, next season? And I know this is a personal topic, right? But I got to, I got to, I got to mention your answer. Maybe we could, we should keep this answer, you know, to, to the, to the moment and those conversations to the moment. But the answer you gave me is something that we got to share with the people. And we'll do that in a couple minutes here on Locked on Canucks. When we get to comment corner, uh, you, you just gave a sh- shout out to FanDuel. Is there anyone else we got to give a shout out to before we get to that? Just a shout out to you right now for tuning into our show here. Locked on Canucks, baby. We appreciate you. We back, we back on Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. We only have six more minutes to record this segment because Trevor Beggs' Wi-Fi is about to disconnect. And what are the chances the day after, well, two days after we spent that Saturday together for like seven or eight hours on our quest to get a bag of ketchup chips? <laughs> what are the chances that now on the Monday when we reconnect, we're here talking about a Wi-Fi disconnection, okay? Because a big part of that trip on Saturday for me was, you know, learning from you and how to disconnect more. Because I want to get to 100, and I think you're one of the guys that, that's going to get there because, A, you're like semi-healthy, and B, you're not, you're not absorbed. You're not absorbed with what uh, the, the phone can do. Anywho, Locked yeah. on Canucks, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. Let's get to Comet Corner. And, man, oh, man, the people matter, man, for real. The people matter, like I said. Uh, one of the comments earlier uh, mentioned has me rearranging my lifestyle to be a better hockey podcaster for you. I know my voice is annoying, and my my road to smoking a pack a day starts today. Let's read another comment on Comment Corner. Welcome to Comment Corner. How about paraphrasing? This comment comes from someone possibly from Michigan. Hello, I'm a Red Wings fan who comes in peace, but expecting Heronic to be that good may be a big, sexy tease. On one end, he's amazing. On the other, He's average. Stay safe, Vancouver. All right, I'm not going to lie. Reading this comment made me a little less hopeful because, again, I've never I've never watched a lot of Heronic, and this dude has. So he would know a lot more. And I think the, the pundits, is that how you say it? They've kind of alluded to this as well. There's a good chance that this is the case with Heronic. I want to ask you, Trevor, and I think I know the answer to the first part, and it's going to lead to the second question. A, how does Heronic take the next step and do that while he's on a new team with the Vancouver Canucks? And I think the answer is connected to this. B, who does he who does he play with? I know we've had him for months now, and we've made those signings with Susie and Cole. The more and more you've lived your summer days, have you have you found that guy that you know was going to play with Heronic and he's going to succeed with? I mean, for me, that guy is still Ian Cole, right? Just based on what we know about Heronic, how he needs a defensively responsible partner to succeed. Uh, Cole's got the longer track record to do that in the NHL. I, again, and again, I, I've said it before, every day is no. I would rather have the veteran in Ian Cole uh, alongside Philip Heronic rather than Carson Soucy or someone else in the Canucks lineup. Because uh, I think Soucy, again, he's just learning to be a top four defenseman. For the first time in his career, he's only been a bottom pairing guy. So I just don't, don't want to see Soucy trying to figure out top four lay alongside Hronik. Hronik needs that stability. And yeah, in, in terms of the commenters uh, comment about, you know, Hronik having huge defensive lapses. I mean, I noticed that certainly more in previous years, 
the hope is that he turned a corner last year. Again, uh, he faced some less difficult matchups uh, in that Wings lineup. Um, but again, he he succeeded facing less difficult matchups while paired with the defensive partners. He's a good player, but he needs help, right? Um, so I, I've had skepticism since March 1st, since the trade broke. But uh, I'm also hopeful that he's figured it out. But Canucks got to uh, do right by Hronik by, you know, A, utilizing him right, not feeding him the heaviest matchups, and by B, giving him a steady partner. And I think Ian Cole's that guy. And I think Ian Cole, by the sounds of it, is that guy because obviously Hironic needs stability. And I think if he has somebody stable beside him, it's obvious that it's easier for him to maintain his level of confidence and potentially get to the next level of his playing career. And again, I think that only happens with confidence. And him getting confidence right away as a member of, again, your Vancouver Canucks, so important because Vancouver's different, man. Vancouver's different. It's 50-plus years of mediocrity. Hockey really, really, really matters to this city, to this nation, and it's going to really, really, really matter next season. And uh, I, don't want him to, I don't want him to have to face the heat right away. And if he does have to face the heat right away, I want him to be confident when handling it because he's the player. He's the guy. Don't lose to us. Don't lose to us, okay, here on Lockdown Canucks. We're just fans. We're just fans. Kyle Bowen, Trevor Becks, your team every day, a.k.a. your Canucks every day. Make sure to hit the subscribe button and hit the like button wherever you stream your podcast. Leave us a review as well. People, remember, man, hope is dope. And I think you can feel more hopeful about your life, yes, about your life, if you spend, spend some real time in the outside world with your people. Trevor Beggs, blessed to have you as a friend. Sign us out. Uh, you know, I love you, buddy. I love you almost as much as I love you for tuning into this episode of Locked On Canucks. You know, whether you're an everyday and occasional listener, if this is your first time listening, we love you regardless, man. And welcome to the Canucks Locked On family, okay? Uh, I think, you know, again, we're still part-time, minimum three shows a week, but I think we may pump out five this week, Kyle. You know Whoa. why? Because I've recorded one crossover episode with the Locked On Sharks guy. I got another one coming up this week with the Locked On Flames gal. So we'll post both of those on our feed. Um, I think we'll post the Locked On Sharks one tomorrow. I recorded that late last week. And uh, maybe the Flames were on Thursday. And the comment view I record Wednesday, Friday. So boom, bam. Still Locked On Canucks five days a week in August. Woohoo! Our listeners are blessed. And we're blessed to have you. So that's coming up this week. I, you know, one of the topics that Kyle and I might touch on as well. The 2010 drafts. Ranking them, okay? All 10 drafts that the Canucks did in the 2010s. Uh, revisiting that a bit over the next couple episodes. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy's Cal Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.